Welcome to another episode of Marketing Unboxed. I am one of the co-hosts, Travis Scott, and uh, the other co-host, Ali Schwanke, uh, couldn't join us today for this interview, but uh, it's a good one. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Jeff Gotthelf, who uh, I've been able to get to know over the past year or so, and we talk about OKRs, objectives and key results. And it's a term and a concept that you, you may have heard of, probably employ it. Uh, at your, your current company. And we talked about how marketing teams can use it and why it, it probably shouldn't just be the marketing team using it. It might fail if that's the case. And we talked uh, about a lot of cool cool things uh, with, with OKRs. One being how, how it can drive creativity and innovation among the right teams who have the right, the right mission, uh, which I think marketing is, is one of those teams. It's a, a creative endeavor a lot of times. And we also talk about how OKRs might be hard for people who are perfectionists and always used to getting A's. So sit back and enjoy. Hey, Jeff, thanks for hopping on the podcast and uh, welcome and, and wanted to to talk about um, OKRs today. I know that's something that that is uh, is a big topic for you and, and I, I know that, you know, you, you kind of started out as as the lean UX guy, right? And, and, and yeah. <laughs> were OKRs a part of that, or have OKRs been kind of layered on? Um, I'm, I'm actually still the lean UX guy, as it turns out. We just uh, <laughs> my Josh Side, my my writing partner, and I, business partner and friend, uh, for many many years now, we just published the third edition of Lean UX, which was kind of a, a big deal for a niche tech book to survive this long and still be relevant. is is pretty exciting. Uh, the interesting thing, your, your question is a good one because OKRs, the the brand name, were not in Lean UX, but OKRs, the 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 idea and the sort of the the, the thing is actually it is actually in there. In fact, I recently wrote about it on my blog about how when you go through the Lean UX canvas, you are actually writing. Uh, you, you have the ability to write an objective. And you're absolutely calling out key results in that process. But what's interesting about OKRs for me and, and, and why they're so relevant, and as I continue to be the Lean UX guy in many ways, <laughs> is, is that the Lean UX conversation has always started from, hey, you need to change the way that you're working collaboratively as a team. We've got to bring together design and product management and engineering and marketing together to, to build these, this cross-functional collaboration. And OKRs, what the beauty of this is that they, they actually start the conversation a step earlier and they actually create the demand for lean UX. So if you do the OKR process correctly, it, it implicitly creates the demand for product discovery customer research, collaboration, and continuous learning. So it, it's really helped me have a better conversation about Lean UX that starts from, not from nothing, but from, hey, you've reset your goals. Now you need to know how to figure it all out. Interesting. Yeah. And, and you said something there that, that kind of caught my attention that you know, you're, you're talking about Lean, lean UX, uh, user experience design, and, and you're talking about all of the different elements pieces that go into it, all the different people involved and marketing being one. But then if you drill down and, and, and this podcast is for marketers, marketing in and, of, in and of itself is 
very complex, a lot of silos, even within marketing with SEO and advertising and social, paid social, content, uh, video, uh, a lot of different pieces. And so I could see how OKRs could help align all of those pieces just like they would from a from a design and UX perspective as well. Would you agree? Yeah. So look, digital marketing, I believe, is, is you know, it, it's a discipline that is highly accountable. You can very, very clearly measure the efficacy of your work. We launched this campaign and people did X or people didn't do X like we expected them to do or something along those lines. Now, the interesting thing with, with objectives and key results, and one thing that it does is it does start to bring alignment and transparency and self-organization across teams that are dependent on each other, but in the past may not have sought each other out in the process of doing their work, right? So for example, and, and this is this is an example from my, my career a decade ago, I, I, I worked on the product team and we had a marketing team in the organization that I worked in in New York. Our job was essentially retention, right? Build a great product that retains the customers that we acquired. Marketing's job was acquisition. And every time the acquisition numbers dipped, the, the marketing team, basically they had one giant hammer and it was email direct marketing, right? That's what they had. And so as soon as the marketing numbers dipped, they would turn up the quantity of, of email marketing that they would do. And it would work. The acquisition numbers would go up. At the same time, they were decimating the brand, Killing it, killing it to, to the point where uh, I, when I when I first got the job, I told people I got the job at this company, and they're like, "Oh, the email people, <laughs> right?" <laughs> we, we we were a job board, like, and they, they were like, "Oh, you're the email people because I get a thousand emails from you a week, oh, wow. um, right?" And, and so what it's doing is so, so while while acquisition numbers were going up, it was killing retention. They were decimating the brand in the process. Now because we didn't have a shared goal. Nobody cared, mm -hmm. right? The marketing folks didn't care, particularly because they had a target on their back, right? That target was this particular number and they knew how to hit it. And if they hit it, they won, right? I think the same can be said, like regardless of the impact they would have on our retention numbers and, and you know subscription renewals and that type of thing. And so I think the same thing can be said for the various types of marketing that you described, right? SEO and display and uh, content and video and that type of thing. The question is, what is the ultimate goal here and should we be incentivizing or setting goals individually for each type of marketing or should we be setting an overall goal for the marketing effort the collective marketing effort so that we're forcing the email marketers the video marketers the seo the content marketers etc right to actually talk to each other to to share notes to share learnings because they win or lose together rather than uh, winning or uh, winning or losing individually and not caring about the other folks in the organization trying to do good work. Mm. And so how important is it to, to have OKRs at the organizational level at, from the top, top down, or, or can it work having it in, in kind of subsections or silos of the, the company? I don't think you can do it in specific disciplines or silos or departments and not do it at the organizational level mm -hmm. because it, it, it's it's a in my my when i mentioned josh again josh got this expression about the gears grinding 
right? Because essentially what you've got is you've got portions of the organization turning in one direction using OKRs, and then you've got leadership and other parts of the organization turning in a, in, in a different direction. And so there's, there's, there's a grinding of the gears there that doesn't align. You've got no one, the whole org isn't pulling in the right direction. So it's absolutely critical to have objectives and key results at the strategic corporate level, because then we can explicitly say, well, these are our goals in marketing, in product, in whatever, right? And this is how they function as leading indicators for the strategic OKRs, for the corporate OKRs. It's, it's absolutely critical. Otherwise, right, you're just kind of making stuff up mm-hmm. without any kind of, without any kind of uh, corporate direction as to why we're doing the things that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I read John Doerr's book, Measure What Matters. And, and I remember a big, a big piece of that uh, book was, you know, it has to be at the organizational level because really the OKRs are pulling everything together. It's aligning everything toward the same core objectives of, of the organization. If it's increasing revenue by X percent, you know, that's what you want to establish your OKRs within each department on, right? To, to all be pushed, pushing toward those common strategic goals. It's absolutely critical to, to, to build that alignment and that unity, right? And to be clear, but let, let's be super clear, right? OKRs are not strategy. OKRs mm-hmm. are the measurement of, of whether or not you achieved the strategy. So they, they're born out of it and they inform strategy, right? Your strategy is a hypothesis. It's, it's your leadership, the organization, the board, whatever, the C-suites, best guess about what the organization should be doing first. And then they set OKRs as the measures of whether or not we are achieving the strategy. Now, as you go out and you actually try to attempt to achieve those those key results, you may learn that the strategy is flawed in some way, in which case that's a really great conversation to bring back to the leadership team and say, you know what, we keep trying to do this and our audience doesn't care about it. So let's try something else. Mm. And so that's, that's why it's absolutely key to have both those pieces in place. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I tried to do that in my last role as a director of marketing and couldn't get buy-in at the organizational level, even though it was a small, a small company. And so I tried to do it with just the marketing team. And it just was really, really difficult to, to do. Let's say there are, are some people listening who are, are marketers and they, they, they get the, the concept of, of objectives and key results and they want to try, they, they see the benefit for the organization as a whole. Uh, what are some tips or things that they could do to try to get buy-in at the top? To because because that's a big you know that's a big ship to turn to to get it going at, at an organizational level. Yeah, the, the the technique that I've been using for decades at this point, I think I can confidently say that at this point in my career, uh, for, for for decades, is not to try to turn that big ship. Not all at once, anyway. Right? It's to it's to apply an idea. In small doses, very, very quickly, very small, relatively low risk uh, efforts, learn from it, hopefully get some kind of a win out of it, use that win as evidence to then try to increase the scope the next time use the technique. So how do you do OKRs? Right? You can say, look, instead of trying to change an entire organization or even an entire department, take the team that you have control over. Maybe it's four or five people. Right. And say, look, strategically, let's 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 talk about this from an objective and key results point of view. We don't even we don't have to use the language Mm. right away. Right. Let's not even try to change our language, but let's start asking different questions. Right. Instead of what is the campaign that we are going to ship? 
right? What is the creative that we have to come up with? What is the, 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 the tactic that we're going to use? Let's talk about what will people be doing differently if we're successful? And I think in marketing, those are fairly easy questions to answer. You'll find product people struggle a bit more with that. They're definitely very feature-centric. But I think in marketing, I think those should be fairly easy questions to answer. We will see people convert more. We will see people click through more. We will see people refer our service more, right? But let's start with that. Let's talk about the actual behavior change that we're trying to achieve with our target audience. Let's start with that. And then discover how to best encourage that behavior in a way that respects the target audience and, and respects their need, right? Because you can certainly go through, you, you, can, you can throw in a whole bunch of dark patterns mm. and, game, and game the system in, in a way that helps you hit your conversion numbers, for example, but doesn't actually treat the, the customer with, it, with respect or with privacy or with any kind of consideration for what they're trying to achieve. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I think starting with change of behavior, I mean, that's a core, the core function of marketing, right? You're, you're trying to, you're, you're changing something and, and behavior is usually the, the change that you're trying to make as a marketer. So, so yeah, that makes the most sense to start there. It should fit then, right? There shouldn't be a whole lot of challenge inside marketing. Like really a key result, right? What's a key result? A key result is an outcome. It's a measurable change in human behavior that tell us we've achieved some kind of a, of a business result, right? That is, like you said, that's marketing's job is, is to change human behavior. And the metrics that you're using today, generally speaking, are good key result metrics. We just talked about a bunch of them, right? Conversion, word of mouth referrals, uh, time on site, click-throughs, uh, that, that type of thing, right? And so my, my sense is that the, the conversations you're having are already contain all of the elements mm-hmm. for OKRs to work. It's just the sequencing discussion, really. It's more like, well, what, what are we actually trying to achieve? And then, and, then the, and then really challenging the prescriptive behavior that says, well, I know how to achieve that, mm-hmm. right? Let's test all those things out and make sure that they actually do achieve that. Exactly. Yeah, and testing is another core tenet of, of marketing if you're doing it right, because yeah. you don't know, right? You need to test. So always be testing, ABT. And so- how different are, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with SMART goals. Um, mm-hmm. how, how different are OKRs from SMART goals? And is there a lot of crossover between the two? So let's let's go through the SMART, right? So uh, uh, remind me, I know M is measurable, A is actionable. What's the S stand for? Specific. Specific, measurable. Yeah, measurable. Actionable. Uh, uh, R is realistic. Realistic and time bound. Okay. Yeah. So th- that's those are great criteria for key results. You you want you want it to be specific. And it's interesting because when I teach this all the time, and and I'll, I'll get a team the first time they do it, they'll say, oh, "We'd like to see uh, X percent more, you know, X percent more people, uh, you know, or, or X percent increase in average order value." You know, like okay, what's X? <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. I was like, well, you have you, you if you don't know, you have to take a guess, right? Yeah. Because you, you need you need to you need to be able to make a 
a compelling case. What's meaningful for the business? Is mm-hmm. 5% increase in average order value uh, a meaningful increase for the business? Or is you know, is, does it, if it's not, is it 50? Is it 500%? What is, what's meaningful? And so, yeah, so, so specific is absolutely key. Measurable, right? We, you, it's, it, we have to be able to prove that this actually happened either through observation or through analytics, right? Actionable, absolutely. Like we, we should be able to measure uh, our key results and know what to do if they are happening or if they're not happening. Um, what was the R again? I can't remember. <laughs> Realistic. Realistic. So realistic is interesting, right? So, so Dor, John Dor in the book, and, and folks who a lot of folks who teach OKRs will tell you that that your your uh, your KRs should be a stretch, mm-hmm. and it, it, you should not be expected to hit your KRs every single time. If you are, then you're you're aiming too low. Mm-hmm. So realistic might be the only one that's like a bit a bit of a stretchy one there. Um, and then time bound, of course, like we want to hit this by the end of the quarter, by the first of the year or something along those lines. Yeah. So all that stuff makes sense with the, with the exception of, of, look, realistic. It needs to be realistic. It just not might be a bit of a stretch goal for, for a quarter or two quarters. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was going to be a question I had about um, what, what John Doerr talks about, about really you want to aim for what, 75, 80% attainment. And, and that means that you're, you're, you're objective and key results were lofty enough to push the, the envelope. If, if you're hitting 100%, then you set the bar too low, right? So, well, there's, look, I mean, there's, and this is really interesting, right? Because I think, again, every team needs to understand its mission, mm. right? Like, are we an innovative team? Not every team is an innovative or an innovation team or a team that's really tasked with pushing new boundaries. And so I think that for teams that, that are sort of business as usual or sort of not, not there, you're kind of designed to maintain the status quo, right? Your KRs aren't going to be a massive stretch goal. I think if you set really aggressive KRs, ones where you know, 75, 80% is success or maybe even less, those teams should have an explicit mission for innovation, for creativity, for really pushing pushing the boundaries, because without that, they're never going to hit those goals. And so I think it's really important that as you set not only the key results, but the, but the sort of the organizational measurement of, well, did you do a good job with your key results? We have to take into account the mission of the team, the type of team that it is as well. Mm-hmm. And I can see people who are perfectionists having a, a tough time with 75 to 80%, right? Like that yeah. would be tough. Or people who have always gotten A's and now they're really <laughs> getting a B, you know, or C. So how, right. how, how do you help those people um, kind of buy into to OKRs and what you're trying to do with them? I think, I think, look, speaking from my experience, the the fun, the, the satisfaction, the reward comes in finding the solution and less so in, in hitting 100% of the goal every single time. That's the way that I see it, right? The interesting part for me with OKRs is the creative and innovative process that the teams have to go through to discover the best way to achieve that key result, right? So, so objectives and key results, they don't have any tactics in them. 
right? The objective is qualitative. It's an aspirational goal. The key results are the quantitative side, the measurement side of things. In nowhere in an OKR statement is there an actual tactic. And for me, the the you get your A <laughs> at, at work by continuously learning and improving and, and, and creatively problem solving and innovating ways to achieve the key results, right? That's the, to me, that's the fun and the interesting part. Mm-hmm. And so occasionally you might knock it out of the park. Occasionally you might be a little less, but the, the, the interesting part is how creative were you? What did you learn and how are you going to do things better next time around? Exactly. I think, and I'd love to get your take on this. I think a lot of people do their best work when they detach themselves from outcomes and just focus on the process. And I feel like OKRs help you do that because, you know, like you said, strategy is a hypothesis and OKRs are a mechanism for testing your hypothesis. And when you said someone's, you know, wanted to increase something X percent and they didn't know what X is, well, that's a great hypothesis. What if we did 20%? And then if you hit 100% of it, then you know that was too low, way too low. Um, so what, what more can we do? There, and there is that, right? And I think that this, and this is, again, this, this, there's a lot of sort of the principles of, uh, of agile and agility that come into play here, which are important to consider, right? So not like leaving the, the religion of agile out of this, right? And really kind of focusing on, on lowercase a, agility there is something that comes into play with when you change your goal setting framework, you can start to add in things like uh, short cycles, right? So instead of saying, look, these are our goals and we're going to march towards these goals for the next nine months, right? Instead, we're going to say, look, these are our goals and we're going to march towards these goals for three months, for a quarter, but we're going to check in every two weeks and we're going to see how things are going. And you know what? If after two weeks, we had hundred percent of the goal, we screwed up, right? Or we just, we just aimed too low. We didn't screw up, we just aimed too low. So let's adjust, right? And I think that there's this like, and again, I think you talk about folks who want to get it, who want to get 100%, want to get an A. I think there's a, there's a part of it as well that there's, there are folks who really struggle with course correction mm-hmm. because course correction explicitly for, forces us to explicitly admit that we were wrong. Mm-hmm. I always set the goal too low. I would say the goal too high. I would chose the wrong tactic. Now, look, the thing that we have to realize, particularly with any kind of digital work, is we are going to be wrong. Not 100% wrong, but you're not going to be 100% right either. And the faster that you can learn where you've been wrong and where you've been right, the faster you can course correct and get better. And to me, that's another benefit of working this way, is that the barometer of success isn't, did you ship the campaign? Did you knock out that killer creative? Did you write that amazing content marketing piece? It's, did you change the behavior of our target audience? Right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you didn't, well, figure out why and then try again, because it can always be better. And, and, and it, it's, there's, if, if you're not a particularly humble person, working this way will teach you humility very, very quickly. Yeah. I think if you're, you're not a particularly humble person, Marketing will, will teach that to you because you're going you're gonna <laughs> to yeah. fail probably more times than you're right. And you're dealing with people who are highly irrational. And uh, yeah, there's you, you can't... Un- unpredictable. Yeah. 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 So so yeah, you have to be testing. You have to just keep trying and, and you are going to fail. And it's how you learn and, and iterate it determines success. 
I think. So. Yep. Perfect. Well, uh, yeah, I think, I think we covered a lot there. I think one, one last question I have, uh, with OKRs is, are there any recommended technologies or platforms that people, people can use, or is it a spreadsheet? Is that just enough? I am I'm hesitant to to say this tool or that tool. I, I'm relatively tool agnostic, right? Whatever tool works for you, for your organization, then that's the tool that you should use. The risk here is yet another system to check, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's a problem. And so is there a good integration? S- size of the organization makes a big difference. Spreadsheets work really well in smaller organizations. There's no reason not to do that. Whatever the tool is that you end up using though, um, transparency and accessibility is the key. Make sure that everybody can see it. Everybody can read it. Everyone has access to it. Everyone can see sort of where their piece fits into the overall puzzle of, of goals. Uh, that's really, really important because that gives them a purpose. It gives them a sense of like, oh, I'm supporting this team. That's uh, that's kind of using the things like the stuff that comes out of my team. They use that and they build on top of that. So that's 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 the key thing. Beyond that, look, I, I the tools that I've seen so far, I have not seen used well. So um, you know, there's no no shortage of choice, and it's only growing. And so I would just make sure that you you pick a tool that you'll actually use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice, and I think that's common thing with, with tools and platforms and uh, especially in the marketing world, there's so many of them um, and they're just not used to their potential yeah. or used, used well. And hopefully that's what I hope to change with, with what I'm doing now. So focusing on marketing ops and helping people use tools like they're supposed to be used. Um, Perfect. Cool. Well, yeah, I really appreciate you taking some time. I know we're, we're a little bit over uh, on the time we had allotted. Uh, you really appreciate it. So, you have, have your book, Lean UX. Great book. Go out and buy it if you're listening to this. Where else can people find you if they want to connect with you? Well, I'm, I'm super easy to find by design. If you go to jeffgothealth.com, everything you need to know is there. And I'm always open to connections on LinkedIn as well. Those are two great places to, to start. So my website and LinkedIn, and uh, be happy to meet you there. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Connect with Jeff. He's he's great. You'll learn learn a ton. So yeah, really appreciate it. My pleasure, Travis. Thanks for having me on the show. So that wraps up this week's show. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about today's topic or guest, we've got some links for you provided over in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and share your review. That really helps others find the show and get into their network as well. So until next time, I'm Allie. And I'm Travis. And remember, when you get outside of your comfort zone, it just means you're headed in the right direction. Keep an open mind and keep learning. And we're out.